if somebody is really good at managing credit cards, but that's all they've ever managed, then how do you know that they can handle this installment loan, this 360 month installment loan, if they have no history or experience in that category or field? If you can understand those foundational blocks, then you can win the game of credits. Or let's say you even paid cash, which by the way, I would never, ever, ever suggest that. Because if you could just get good enough credit and you can pay like 3% interest for a short period of time on a home and then keep $300,000 in the bank, you yep. can invest that into other places where the rate of return is higher than what you're paying on rate for the mortgage. Yep. So that's another one. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, like I always say, if you're getting value from this podcast, if you're learning a ton, don't forget, like, subscribe, uh, leave five stars. Do me a solid, though, too. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, leave a review. One or two sentences changes the game. Um, I got told the other day, and this is, this is my own little plug and kind of like my own little uh, brag, I guess. We were actually ranked in Canada and the Philippines, this podcast was. So, like, uh, you know, most people are like, yeah, who cares? That's not a big deal. For us, though, that's we've never been ranked anywhere. So uh, when you're liking, subscribing, and leaving those reviews, it's actually helping and it's working. So I really appreciate that, you know, for the people who've done it. Um, guys, at the end of the podcast, our guest Dylan Shiley is going to leave uh, a way you can get hold of him. Right. So a way you can contact him if what he said during this podcast resonates with you. So make sure you stick around to the end um, and and hit hit Dylan up. I have a feeling what he says is going to be uh, game changing for kind of a lot of people here. Uh, even even though some of the bigger players, you know, some credit's a big deal. So uh, Dylan, how's it going? Good man, good. Thank you again for having me. And uh, really quick, I couldn't agree more. We're we're gonna go through a lot where you're gonna find out that it doesn't matter how much money that you make. It doesn't matter what tax bracket that you're in, credit impacts you in so many different ways. So we'll be breaking that down for sure. That's awesome. So Dylan, we're, we're, you're in San Antonio, correct? Yes, yeah, I'm in San Antonio. Been here about two and a half years, uh, originally from Pennsylvania, but now I'm in the state where I can just wear shorts all year round and that was one of the goals, so. That's yeah. awesome. You have a, you have a unique, um, so every time I see your videos, every video, you're wearing a hoodie. Yeah. Right? I think that's super important though. It's branding, right? Everybody knows when they see Dylan, what exactly what you're going to look like. Yep. That's, that's so important. So I have, I have like three things that go into that. So number one is going to be the image. And yes, it's going to be a hoodie and it's going to be shorts. Occasionally it's pants if it's like super cold, mm -hmm. but it's going to be hoodie and shorts. So now every time I go somewhere, I've had people walk up to me and literally say this verbatim damn, I knew that was going to be it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, I knew you were going to be in the hoodie or be in the shorts. So when I want to grab people's attention, I'll throw a pair of pants on and like everybody just bugs the fuck out. Yeah. And they ask me, they're like, hey, is everything okay? Or hey, what are you doing today? Is something super important happening? And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, you have pants on. And I was like, okay, it works. Yeah. Part two is, I mean, with the exception of right now, I've already drank one. Um, bang is like my number one drink. <laughs> I drank probably one to two of them a day. Nice. Um, I had a class earlier today, so I already had mine. So I'm taking my break until my next one. But uh, everybody knows that I walk around with bangs. So like in my pictures, I may have bang in there. Like people think I'm sponsored by them. And I told them like, I'm not. And by the way, if anybody is listening that could connect me and sponsor a bang, let me know. But um, so they always know like Dylan doesn't drink, Dylan doesn't smoke, but Dylan will always have a bang. He's going to be wearing a hoodie and shorts and he's going to tell you exactly how it is because I do a lot of classes. So they know I'm very uh, direct in the way that I speak and I don't hold my tongue. Um, and a lot of people started to resonate with that. So those are the three things like, you know, you can't be sensitive around him and have feelings because he's going to tell you how <laughs> it is. He's always going to have a bang in his hand awesome. and this guy's always going to be wearing a fucking hoodie and shorts. Yeah. I think that's super important though, too. Like uh, Dylan and I are both in the group Arte and, and, and I talk about that kind of a lot on this podcast. So maybe a little too much. I'm not selling it. I swear. It's just a, this is cool not group, an ad. <laughs> the cool group that we're both part of. But I mean, in the same sense though, if you see that the main people in Arte, there's uh, Ed Milet and there's Andy Frizzella, right? They wear the same kind of gear almost all the time. You see Ed in typically a shirt like this, he's got big muscles and um, that's, and, and jeans a lot of times, 
You know, I mean, sometimes he's wearing a suit too, but he's got a kind of a specific look and he's the exact same way. Black hat, beard, big dude. I mean, he's got a specific look to where if, if he were to show up, you know, with a shaved head in a, in a three-piece suit, like, who the fuck is that guy? You know, or, yep. or if he shaved his face, you'd yep. never know who that guy is, right? But they have yep. that specific look that, that brings you back and you always feel, I don't know, you feel more comfortable talking to people too when you, when you see them every single time. That's the guy I know from YouTube, right? You know, that's, that's Dylan. I see him on, on videos all the time. I feel much more comfortable coming up and talking to him versus, you know, if you were to come up in like a suit and be like, you know, yep. shaved face, suit, maybe grow your hair, get a man bun or something. Look a yep. lot different. They'd be like, but, fucking imposter. Who's that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't feel comfortable talking to you. All right, so yep. Dylan. Let's go back. I, you know, we're going to get it to where you're at now, but let's go back and kind of tell us what got you to the point where we're at right now. Yeah. So, um, man, it's a, either I tell a lot of details or there's a lot of details of the story, but I'll keep it short. So, uh, when I was 17, I went off into the military. I was in the army. My parents had to like sign off. There's a whole story behind that. Uh, but so I was in the army for six years. And when I got out, my first job was doing car sales. So a friend of mine got me into the car business and um, I was already used to being like used and abused in the military and barely getting any sleep and high levels of caffeine. So car business was perfect. Um, I like, I fit right in. So I started learning about it and I was, you know, six days a week getting after it. So uh, again, short version, all this money started to come in and, but I was young. So I was stupid and thinking, oh, this money's unlimited. And then I started making decisions based on, okay, if I want to buy this thing that is five or $10,000 on the average commission I'm getting with these cars that are on the lot, if I can just push these certain cars, boom, I make the money. I have the money I want to uh, spend and I'm not taking it from my account. So I wouldn't say it was completely dumb, but uh, I started to really push myself beyond my capabilities. And so something I didn't understand as somebody who was very young is that when people talk about the market, that that is a real thing and it exists. So what I mean is um, there are seasons where you're going to take losses. There are seasons when people aren't buying as many cars as they were the previous season. Um, but I didn't believe any of the people that were telling me about it because when I started making money again, being young, I started buying the cars. I started doing all the things and, uh, man, it fucked me up real bad because when people stopped buying cars and my income was depleting and then my savings was depleting, I had maxed out credit cards. I got my car repossessed. Um, uh, I got out of the apartment that I was in and I went to like this, like shithole apartment. Um, and then the way that I was trying to help people, uh, like the way I, or not, not even help, it went from help to sell, which I think was a big, you know, letdown. So I went from helping people because I was in a place of gratitude and abundance and everything was going well. And I was on that high horse. Well, once I started having credit card bills, uh, bills due and collections happening and my car being repoed. Yeah. Well, now I went from helping people to trying to sell people because I was trying to solve my problem instead of other people's. Yep. Right. And, and I can only speak of it this way now because as I develop and over time, I, I understand it now. So anyway, it went really bad. And then I was like, you know what? I'm getting out of the car business. I got to go find something more stable. And I actually got a resume or an um, application sent to me through Verizon. So this place was only 10 minutes from my house where the car dealership is about an hour and a half away. So I was like, man, the, the time that I'm saving, not driving, yeah. I'm in sold. Um, it was like a, a really shitty base salary. Um, now, mind you, just to kind of give some perspective, uh, I was making entry level six figures in the car business at this point. So I was making like 120, 150 grand a year. And for a young um, 20 year old guy, that's really I was, good. I was early 20s. 21, 21. So that's what I mean. Like I had more money than I've ever expected or managed or held before. So I was just going. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what? I'm out. When I went to Verizon, they gave me a store manager position and my starting salary was 27,800 for the year. <laughs> and so, six figures. yeah. So my dad's like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> don't go out and do it. What are you doing? Like, just go get better, go figure it out, whatever. And I'm like, look, I got bills to pay. I got to catch up on this. Yeah. So anyway, my credit tanks. And uh, then I come across a company to hire. 
And this company, I didn't know the difference then. They were a debt consolidation company, not a credit repair company. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm moving my way through the ranks in Verizon. I got all the way up to being a district manager. I ran all of their Pennsylvania locations. And then I was a managing partner. I bought into one of the stores. Um, And that's actually how I met my wife, by the way. So uh, another part of Pennsylvania where the store was, was two hours away. So I moved because I bought the store. Now I share equity with the company because I've invested in. And uh, my wife was working at the bank in the plaza. So to be like the mayor, right? You go and meet everybody in the plaza and I wound up meeting her. That's a whole nother story. Um, And so this whole time I'm paying this company. And about $2,500 later, my score was about 150 points less than when I originally enrolled with them. Um, So I was like, this is dumb. This is the complete opposite of why I pay you. And then the communication sucked. I was getting super pissed off. And I was like, I'm wasting my damn money. So out of the pure competitiveness and kind of pettiness too, I mean, to this day, I still got that like chip on my shoulder. I'm a child and I'm immature in the sense of, I want to make sure you know that like, fuck you. Like, that's how I feel. Um, So anyway, I'm like, I'm going to do this myself. I fired the company. I blew it up on social media. And then I was like, I think this is a time for me to be vulnerable, you know, because I was on this high horse. So now it's time for me to humble myself. This is when I started personal development. Um, and at this point, you're owning a T-Mobile, or sorry, sorry a Verizon store. Verizon, yep. You're owning a Verizon store. So you're doing yes. probably pretty well right now. Uh, doing good. Okay. I, I, got, I got myself back to similar income of what I was making with, with selling cars. Um, but of course I had a whole lot more risk. I started to have to learn what P and L's were. Um, you know, I had payroll, I had to figure out like all this inventory that was on consignment, you know, and then when the store would have a losing month, I'm paying into that losing month. Um, so things that I've never really experienced before, but I've learned a lot from that. And, uh, so anyway, so I was being super vulnerable and, uh, I started posting the journey of, you know, what happened with me. I started telling the story. And to kind of just put a bow on it, uh, I started making posts when I was making progress with my credit that had an influx of people saying, hey, can you help me too? I started to look at the business and say, what, how does this industry exist? And you know, what are people doing in it? Then I found out that there was credit repair companies. There's a whole industry for it. You got to get licensed and bonded and there's certain things you got to do. And I'm like, well, fuck, I do a business now. I can do this too, because if people are asking me the time I invest into them, I got to get paid something. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I did. I wound up selling the Verizon store back. And luckily I did bring it up to a way higher equity position than what it was when I bought it. So since it was worth more, I got a, you know, good payout for it. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, man, here we are fast forward seven years later. And uh, right now we're federally licensed and bonded in all 50 States. I have uh, 44 employees going on 50 very shortly. Uh, we've helped close to 10,000 people. We enroll about 1,000 to 1,200 per month. Um, you know, and there's a lot of fucking people's lives that have been changed by yeah. doing this. So. It sounds like it. Yeah, 10,000. That's awesome. Okay, so now well, let's go back real quick, though. You get out of Verizon. And now you're like, I-, I have my hands on this thing, right? Mm-hmm. This idea. Like, I know I can help a ton of people. And you said mm-hmm. friends and family were coming to you. Like you're posting yep. stuff and these are people, you know, this is delicate information, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is, this isn't, you know, when you go to your, your best buddy from high school and he's like, dude, my credit sucks, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I really want to show you what, what, it, what the numbers really look like, what I've been spending my yeah. money on. It is very, um, it's very personal stuff. Mm-hmm. How are you able to convince that many people early on um, that what you, what you that your, your help was was bigger than their fear of you seeing their financials, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, hundred okay. percent. So, um, not not in like a, a gloating or a boasting way of saying it, but um, the good thing, and I can't take all the credit. So, when I was selling cars, uh, the manager that I was working with, the one that was training me and developing me, um, was teaching me about moral and ethical selling. Um, rather than just like clubbing people and, and doing all the shit that you shouldn't be doing. So, um, you know, I was learning moral and ethical selling and there was this standard at their dealership that didn't exist at other ones that were our competitors. So they in early times have 
built this, like, no, you're going to do it the right way. You're going to tell everybody you're going to do it the right way. You're going to refuse to take any shortcuts and you're going to make sure that the transaction is comfortable for everybody and you're going to do the right shit. So that was already embedded in me. Plus from getting out of the army, I got a set of core values and things that, you know, were bred into me from there. So the mixture of those things, I've already had their reputation, like where people have bought cars from me. So I already knew their financials, right? I had friends that bought cars for me. So I knew if they were approved or not. Right. And then in the Verizon times, when people were coming in and trying to open up accounts and finance phones, I knew who was approved and who wasn't, mm. you know? So like, I kind of already had the reputation of doing the right shit yeah. and taking care of people and taking responsibility and accountability if shit were to get fucked up. Yeah. And I would write every wrong that I could come across. So I had that good reputation already. So when it came to this, it kind of made sense because people already knew like those, those circle of people where somebody who's already bought a car from me, they got a cell phone or a plan from me. They got phones for their kids. Like we we've had some of those connections already. So uh, that was a big help. That's cool. That's really cool. So you took skills from like a previous job and brought yeah. them to this, this new thing, I, man, I think credit repair, you can help everybody, almost everybody, almost nobody has what an 800 and that's 850. Is that the highest score? 850, yeah. Yeah, yeah, almost nobody has that. So you can help just about every human being. Um, so that's yep. a big, huge market. How do you kind of, I guess, niche down or bring it down to where, I mean, I mean, how are you advertising this, I guess? Because you can literally help every human being. So it's easy mm -hmm. just to walk out there and be like, all right, where do I start? Like, yeah, how so, are you operating that now? So I don't spend $1 and I never have, and I don't think I ever will because I've never needed to. Uh, not $1 on any SEO, marketing, advertisement, nothing. So it was bootstrapping it essentially in the beginning because I didn't have funds to, to market even if I wanted to. <laughs> um, but through those friends and family, once I delivered on what I said I was going to do, they naturally told people and then it became such a referral base um, where even now to this day, the way that people come to us is they are coming to us either from our reviews, um, you know, there are social media presence uh, because we are always proving and showing proof of concept, right? So um, I lead with education. I give free information for that people could take and fix their own stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember when I was coming up in the credit repair world and some of these big dogs at the time would reach out and they're like, you're not going to last. You're doing too much. You're exposing too much. You're giving too much. And I was like, well, I don't fucking know you anyway. So whatever. <laughs> and I just kept doing it the way that I was doing it and it was working. So when people were telling me that it wasn't going to work, I was like, whatever, I don't care what you say. Uh, Cause unless you have an investment into this business, then, then I don't care what you say. Sure. So just reciprocating and constant proof of like, here is somebody giving you a testimonial. So it's not me saying how great I am. Here's somebody in front of their brand new house when six months ago, they couldn't finance a tank of fucking gas. That's great. Right. And like, and they're telling you, I'm not telling you, they're telling you it works. They're telling you that I did everything I said I was going to do. So that has replicated over time and it created this snowball where uh, now, ju just to kind of give you an idea, even in San Antonio, when we moved here, we had 56 partners. Now, what a partner is, is primarily either a real estate agent or a mortgage loan officer that has clients who are not qualified and want to send them over to us. And then a few months later, we turn them back over. They're helping that family and shit goes well. So when we came here, we had 56 partners. Uh, right now, I think we're just over about 840. Um, yeah. Wow. So um, we have this, how can I say? The, I have the receipts. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah. There are people who vouch for us because they've had the experience. It is everything that I said it was. I've never oversold it. And I've always delivered on what I said I was going to do. So when you do that for a long enough period of time, 
you know, people keep coming around and then we've been very blessed to, uh, have this many people put trust in us to say, you know, I want to put my name on the line by referring my client to you. Cause I've heard great things and that's how it happened. Okay. Let's, let's dig into that a little bit though, too. 54, mm-hmm. you said to eight, 56, 56 to eight forty. Yep. Okay. That's a, obviously that's huge, but even showing up at 56, mm-hmm. how do you, how did you, who knew, how did anyone know who you are? Like, how do you, so, I mean, yeah. these are professionals. So these are realtors. Are you going to yeah. them at networking groups? Are you going to them nope. one at a time? Or are they talking to each other? Did the 56 tell 10, two of their mm-hmm. friends and they told two of their friends kind of deal. Yep. So, and, and it got, it was like that, but it was even bigger. So phase one, in a sense, was the people we were helping. Most people were coming to us because they wanted to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Right. So then when these people were going back to their realtor or going back to their lender and they're like, Hey, pull my credit again. I think I'm good to go. Then they would pull it, find out they're good and be like, what did you do? I hired this company. Hmm. And then I would get random phone calls. Hey, I'm a real estate agent at XYZ brokerage. Looks like you helped my client. That was really cool. Um, I'd love to learn more about what you do. Right. And So doing that constantly has grown it to where the 56 went. But then when we moved here, uh, I mean, San Antonio in itself is really big. So uh, there are 15,000 registered real estate agents just in San Antonio. Um, So not even surrounding cities or nothing. Um, So then it started to get this, um, how can I say? We started to get this buzz a little bit. So I like to say part of it was, you know, when the new restaurant opens up in your area and everybody's just kind of curious and they're like, fuck it, let's go try it and see what it is. And it's either going to suck or everybody's going to love it. So we were the new kid on the block and we honestly did not even move here to grow the business the way that it is. Because we figured we have enough partners, we have enough referral business, we have enough employees, everybody's getting paid well, everybody's happy, we're still going to grow in the other states that we're in. So we actually had no intention of growing here, which believe it or not, I think that was one of the things that helped. I think it was our intention, right? So first, our intention was to help people. And then that spoke out into the universe. And because it was genuine, people gave us opportunity. And then when we moved to San Antonio, we had no intention of saying, let's go find more realtors and lenders. But because we weren't out for that, it came to us. So we had one shot with a real estate group and they sent us a couple people. Those people were able to buy homes because of the referral. So then it said, let, they said, let me introduce you to my broker. Right. And then the brokerage they introduced us to had 150 agents. We then become a preferred partner with that company. They're allowing us to present and do these things and show how we do things and how we do it different. And I spend a lot of my time doing classes and education for these realtors and lenders for absolutely free. Um, I've taken so many phone calls of, hey, my client's in this situation. What do you think? And I didn't pitch them. I gave them the answer. And then I said, all I want from you is just call me to let me know if and when it worked just so I know that everything was good. And again, reciprocating that over time, it then started to come in droves. And I didn't realize that San Antonio in the real estate market was really dying to find that new restaurant for credit repair, Hmm. right? So um, who's this new guy? Who's this new guy? All these phone calls, all these friend requests. And then we're just staying on top of it. And then I started hiring accordingly. So then that way we never drop the ball on communication and it makes sure we're effective and efficient and it snowballed to what it is today. That's so cool. That's so cool, man. And, and, you know, you definitely seem like the, a genuine type of person to really actually helping people. And you found the industry that you can match your, your ability to think about other people and want to help other people. Mm -hmm. And and in in an industry that you're actually going to, get some profits and make some return on that. So that's pretty cool. Um, So real quick. All right. So uh, I've always thought I had good credit, right? Always thought I had good credit, you know, uh, know, high sevens, I figured was pretty good. And I use my credit constantly. So I'm always using it. Thought I had, I thought it was good. So last couple of years ago, I go to buy a a house in Florida and I'm like, I'm just going to go buy a house in Florida. I'll call 
I mean, it's, it's just going to be a rental, nothing crazy. And we're going to go the traditional route. I'm going to use a realtor. I'm going to get a mortgage. No big deal. So I do it. My realtor's like, yeah, here's the house. You know, what do you think? I was like, yeah, looks good. Let's get it. So we, uh, we go to the mortgage company and we're like, all right, I'm ready to go. I fill out my stuff. Like always turn it in. Super easy. They're like, yeah, you're, we're not going to give you anything. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like, yeah, your credit's terrible. And I was like, what are you talking about? I, I have really good credit. I have really good, I got great down payment. I mean, this would be easy. This is, this is a home run. They're like, no, your credit's terrible. You should probably check it. And I was like, all right. So a week prior, sorry, two months prior, I bought a brand new truck. Uh, I set it to auto pay. No big deal. I don't even pay attention to it anymore. Well, two months went by without a auto pay going through. The auto pay never got set up. And I never paid attention to this stuff. I don't really pay attention to my snail mail. Uh, it wasn't a big deal. Everything's on auto pay, right? Two truck payments missed. My credit went down by about a little over a hundred points. Sounds right. So they mm -hmm. told me, absolutely no. You have, you have no shot at getting a house for, for the time for, for quite a while. And um, I was shocked because I was like, this is, I don't do this. I'm a, I'm responsible, right? I'm a, so it can happen to anybody, right? So how do you, I mean, what are the, some of the strategies you have when, when meeting somebody like me? You're like, all right, dude, here's what you got to do. We got to get this credit score back up. We're going to do this, this, and this. I mean, just a couple things. Yeah. So I think it starts like, just like a home. If you don't have a strong foundation, the rest of the home falls apart. Right. So I believe in the education piece being the foundation because I, and again, for the, the time, I'm going to break it down really fast. So it's not gonna be a lot of detail, but I, I'm going to get to the point. Um, so then that way, when I start answering these questions, they'll make sense because I explained why and how it works. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of variables that go into credit. The easiest way is to understand that there are five factors that influence the credit score. Now, the lowest the credit score can be is a 300. The highest it can be is an 850. So that means there's 550 points that your score can fluctuate. And I want you to think of credit like a test. And we get graded on this test every 30 days. And that data is always going to change. So the score is always going to fluctuate. So number one is payment history. That is 35% of that score. Now, it doesn't seem that big. But when you convert it to points, out of that 550, that's 192 and a half points, which is why when you add two late payments, it tanked you over 100 points. That's why I said, yep, makes sense. Yeah. Because I know in that category, you can go down a max of 192 and a half points, depending on how consistent you miss payments. All right. Then part two is utilization. The balances of your credit card or the limits you have on your credit card versus what the balances are. So a $1,000 credit card with a $500 balance is 50% utilization. So uh, the sweet spot, most people have heard the generic, oh, keep it no more than 30%. But if you want to be surgical and tactical and to make sure you maximize your credit score based on that category, you want your balances to be between one and 9%. It's actually even better than zero. Wow. Um, yeah. Because I want you to think of credit That's like this. So your credit score is not your debt score. Yes, that is a transactional piece of it. You have to go into debt in order for them to see how you manage it. But here's why. Because the lender needs to assess the risk of letting you be a borrower, right? So what is my risk going into this? And then what is my risk tolerance to accept you as a borrower? And it's not about the approval, right? So like even with the mortgage, it's not, hey, do I want to approve this person based on what they show today? What they are looking for is what is the probability of you defaulting on this loan if I give it to you within 24 months? Hmm. Okay, so payment history is number one influence because if you have me recent mispayments, yeah. that is a pattern that looks like it's developing that you don't pay your shit. So they don't want to give you the loan because if you're missing this payment, you're going to miss the mortgage payment. Yeah. Right. So that's high risk, high probability of defaulting in two years. You're out. Okay. So that's, those are the two. Yeah. Then we have number three, which is the average age of open accounts. 
Simply put, the longer you've been managing credit, the better or lower of a risk you look like to a lender. So here's an example. You got two companies that can come and repair your roof. Maybe you had a bad thunderstorm or something and you got a hole in the roof and it's leaking. Company A's been in business for five months. Company B's been in business for five years. Naturally, without thinking about it, who would you hire? Yeah. Company B, Absolutely. right? Because yes. we mentally associate or the risk level with, man, five years has more experience than five months, Yeah. right? So that is 15% influence to the score. So that's 82 okay. and a half points or uh, 87 and a half points. Okay. Okay. So this is why if you've ever experienced, like, say you have like a car loan, like that truck. And if you ride it out for maybe five years, you're coming up on year six and you're like, oh, I'm totally paying this thing off early. My score is going to skyrocket because I'm closing that account. And then it tanks because what happens is you're getting graded based on the average length you're borrowing with accounts that are open. So when you have something you've been paying on for six years and then you close it, well, now your average changes. So if okay. those other accounts are recent, well, mm -hmm. now the average of your open accounts has shrunk. So now your experience in borrowing credit has shrunk. So real quick, for, for that specific example, for that truck, you would want to pay off, let's say, 95% of it versus the whole thing and keep it alive. Specifically when trying to buy a mortgage, yes. That's right. So, so because remember, your credit score is a indicator and tells a story about your ability to borrow money and pay it back. Mm -hmm. But if you're clearing your debts, which logically makes sense, yeah, because yeah. you save yeah. on interest and things like that, but it doesn't make sense to the lender because they're like, well, you want to get into the game of borrowing money. So if you want three hundred thousand dollars for me from me for this house, I need to see how you manage today's money. So the less data you have showing that yeah. you're a responsible borrower, higher the risk, lower the score. Wow. That's super right? interesting. And I wonder how many people actually know that, you know, I mean, not I, too I, many. Most people don't. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, I remember... when we, Oh, good. Okay. I was going to say, when we think about credit, we're thinking it, we're thinking about it from the consumer aspect. Mm -hmm. We know our situation, man, I could totally buy this house. I have the money for it. Why are you really riding my ass about these two payments? It's not a big deal. This isn't an indicator that I'm a bad borrower. You know, I just screwed up auto pay. Is that big of a deal? Just give me the damn house. Yeah. But when we're trying to borrow money, we got to put the hat on of the lender. You know how many times they've heard that similar story, yeah. but it wasn't true. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Right? And I so knew like, that right away too. I was like, they're yeah. going to think I'm an idiot. They're going to think I'm full of yeah. shit. They're never going to talk yep. to me again. It's the first time I'd even work with this company. First yep. time I'd ever met them. So I was like, ah, oh, there goes this. These guys are never going to talk to me again. Yep. Yep. So, um, and then ju just to make sure I keep my promise, the last two things are uh, credit diversity. That's 10%. So that's 55 points. Um, so if you have two people with five open accounts, the first person has five open credit cards and that's it. The second person has three credit cards, an auto loan and a personal loan. This person, person B, statistically can have up to 55 more points than person A because they're showing diversity in their profile that they can manage both installment loans and revolving lines of credit. Again, going back to mortgage and understanding risk level. If somebody is really good at managing credit cards, but that's all they've ever managed, then how do you know that they can handle this installment loan, this 360-month installment loan, if they have no history or experience in that category or field? Yeah. Yeah. It all makes right? sense when you think about it, but who thinks, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought about that. Yeah. And then your last is just those inquiries. How many times you apply for something? That's the last remaining 10%. The reason that that's so important is because I'm um, again, lender risk level intolerance. So who is more risky? Somebody who's applied to borrow money three times in the last 24 months or someone who has applied for money 24 times in the last 24 months. Right. So, um, so, so those are the five factors that influence the score in a nutshell. If you can remember a little tidbit of each one of those and always put your lender cap on when you're trying to do something, you can literally win the game of credit. If you can understand those foundational blocks 
then you can win the game at credit. So to now actually answer the question, what advice would you give me as somebody in this situation? I would say, let's go dispute those last two payments and ask for a goodwill gesture from the creditor, whoever you're financing from and say, Hey, I completely fucked up unintentionally, right? Clearly you can see by the rest of my credit report and maybe the time when those late payments registered versus now, maybe you have some more on-time payments. Mm -hmm. So you can say, look, this was a complete fuck up. I own it. I thought it was on auto pay. It wasn't, but I've been good for X amount of time. And this is preventing me from buying a house. Is there any way that I plead and beg you to update these, you know, um, these negative payments? And at least 50% of the time they will. Okay. Okay. That's, that's super helpful. That's, and that's super interesting. Um, I remember a, specifically a, a time where I did um, a Dave Ramsey. Uh, he was a, he's like a well-known financial oh, I know. guy, right? So I part know. of his program, we were, we were young back then and broke. And I'm not always broke. I swear. I'm kind of making it seem like I'm broke a lot. But uh, I was, you know, we were young, we were broke, we were at this yeah. church. And they said, hey, you know, uh, young, struggling couples, um, you know, we got this thing called Financial Peace University. Uh, it's Dave Ramsey's thing, and, and you guys can jump in. And throughout the course of it, um, they had us get rid of all our debt, you know, and, and there was a specific part where we cut up our credit cards, mm -hmm. right? You go in there and you cut up your credit cards and you, you, and you cancel the account. Um, that, man, you're, what you're saying, though, that was the wrong way to go all together. That was a terrible idea because we're getting rid of these accounts. You're killing the overall um, history of your credit. Uh, have you come across a lot of people that have done things like that? And then they're like, man, how do I, how do I get past that? Yep. So um, full disclosure, I am, I am banned from all Dave Ramsey, Facebook groups and everything <laughs> involving uh, him. I would love to one day have a conversation with him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that'll ever happen, uh, <laughs> because fun fact. So I believe the year was either 88 or 89 where it was somewhere in the, and you can Google it to, to, to fact check me. It was somewhere in the middle of four to $12 million, uh, was the bankruptcy amount that Dave Ramsey filed. Mm -hmm. Um, so what happened was he loved leveraging credit for millions of dollars. But then when he became overextended and filed bankruptcy, now all of a sudden he's butthurt about credit and says it's bad, um, yeah. which is a real big issue for me because that shows the biggest lack of accountability and taking responsibility because no creditor puts you in debt. Your bad habits put you in debt, yeah. right? So you snowball, you decide to use the card. You decide to not do the daily things that need to be done in order for you to bring in the financial amount of money you need to take care of your responsibilities that you signed the fucking agreement for, yeah. right? So the problem is when you're telling the average everyday person to cut up your credit cards and to don't use them, remember those five factors? Well, guess what? The credit card is the most influential credit product that exists. Okay. So remember we have five categories. So it reports payment history. It reports utilization. It contributes to the average age of open accounts and credit diversity. Wow. So out of those 550 points that your scores can fluctuate, it is responsible for, let me see, what is that math? So let me just make sure I don't misquote because one day he's going to hear this and call me out because my math was wrong. Um, <laughs> let's see. If Dave, so we'll you listen my... to this, you can contact me anytime. Yeah. We'll do a debate. We'll do a, uh, we'll do a face off. <laughs> okay. And then minus. So literally, out of those 550 points, the credit card influences 500 of them. Wow. That's insane. So to cut so those things up is not a good idea. No. And, and, and so then the reason winds up being don't pay interest. Don't get into debt. Well, guess fucking what? If you use the credit cards effectively and efficiently and you know how they work, you can use as much of the credit card as you want. You have a due date and you have a statement date. The statement date is the day the remaining balance reports to the credit bureaus 
And then that's what uh, you are paying interest on. Hmm. So if you spend a thousand of your thousand dollars, but you make a $980 payment two or three days before your statement date, you racked up a ton of rewards, yeah. right? Whether it's cash back or whatever. So it's free money for you using their money instead of your liquid. Your debit card will never give you cash back. It'll never give you mileage points. And just another side note, when it comes to identity theft, and if your card were to get hacked, if it was your bank account, your bank shuts down and guess what? You're locked out of your money. Yes. Where when you use a credit card, it's safer because they cancel the line of credit. They remove the charges and dispute them. They issue you another new card overnight with a new number because it's their money they're protecting. Yeah. Yeah. So now what happens is you get to accumulate free money by using somebody else's. And in that example, the thousand dollars, you, you pay 980 of it. Mm -hmm. So what if the credit card gets 15% of your $20? <laughs> if, if the exchange yeah. of service is another registered on-time payment that clocks your score enough points to qualify you for a home that may save you half a point on rate, that could be over $100,000 of savings over that 360 wow. month term. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, and, and that's just going surface level. There are so many benefits to leveraging credit. Let's take it away from the purchases because he says, oh, manual underwrite, blah, 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 right? So let's, let's take it away from, you know, buying things with your credit. How about this? Did you know when it comes to the mortgage, uh, when it comes to a mortgage with Fannie, that they will actually count your cash back rewards as liquid funds in escrow and use that as available funds that you have to close on a home. Really? Yes. Yeah. Right? I didn't and, then, know that. and then there's more. I dude, I could do this for hours. There's so <laughs> many reasons. Like yeah. another thing, let's say you close on that home and let's just say you fucking manual underwrite. Who cares? Or let's say you even paid cash, which by the way, I would never, ever, ever suggest that. Because if you could just get good enough credit. And you can pay like 3% interest for a short period of time on a home and then keep $300,000 in the bank. You yep. can invest that into other places where the rate of return is higher than what you're paying on rate for the mortgage. Yeah. So that's another one. But how about this? You got to turn on the utilities, right? Have you ever been asked to do a down payment or deposit to turn on the electric and the water? That's due to your credit score. Really? Yep. And then how about your auto insurance, your renter's insurance, and your homeowner's insurance? A dictating factor in your premium is your credit report. So you, you could be not only just overpaying for the car payment and for the home, you could pay a whole lot less for your insurance, refinance the truck, get a lower rate on the home, and then you can pull the money out. You can pull the equity out. Here's another thing you need credit for. Let's say you do have that traditional mortgage. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to intend to occupy for a year and then I'm going to use the equity of this home and buy my second home. And the down payment is going to come from the equity of the home. Sure. When you buy a home, you can do FHA at a 580 or so, depending on the lender and the overlays. Most are usually a 580. Mm -hmm. um, and even if you want to go DPA at a 620, conventional at a 620 or 640, again, depending on the lender, those are lower credit score requirements than the fucking HELOC. So here's something that people don't talk about that they think, oh, I'm building all this equity in my home. Well, guess what? If you don't have at least a 680 or higher, you can't pull your own equity out of your home because you need to qualify it because it's a loan. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, you need credit. So even if you <laughs> paid for the house and you want to pull equity out of the house, yeah. you're borrowing against what you owe anyway. So you need even better credit to borrow the money to go start that real estate empire if that's yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. So I, th I think, um, <clears throat> let, let's, let's, let's say we're, 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 we're kind of in a hole. We're, we're a guy that's in a little bit of a hole. What would be a good strategy to dig yourself out of the hole? Would it be, um, let's, let's say I have a couple credit cards, some late payments. I owe a bunch of money. Would you suggest getting a new one, a new credit card and making, making payments on that one? So building that one to be really strong while you pay off these other ones, or would you just say, go attack the old ones? So I would attack the old ones, 
just so you can get a decent enough credit score increase to then go to your bank or credit union, mm -hmm. get a debt consolidation loan, get a personal loan, even if it's not for the full amount, let's put numbers on it. Let's say it's $20,000 in credit card debt. Mm -hmm. And you go and you get at least approved for a personal loan for 10,000. You take that personal loan, which is a lower interest rate, even with bad credit, it'll never supersede and be higher than the credit card interest rate. Yeah. You throw 10 grand on the credit cards. Now you went from being maxed out, we're assuming to 50% utilization. Yeah. You'll now see your credit score increase, even though you just transferred the money because you took it out of revolving debt and you put it in installment, you will see an increase in your credit score and a pretty significant one at that. So now let's say that that credit score that just went up now qualified you for that second loan or maybe to refinance the current loan you just got with more money. What you want to do is use the personal loan and transfer all that money from the credit card into the installment. Because now you can have a super high credit score because remember, number two influence to the score going up or down is credit card utilization. That controls 165 out of 550 points. So if you're decreasing the utilization, even though you're transferring the money to an installment account because it's out of the revolving debt, yeah. the score skyrockets. And then the last part of that, you can, once your score gets back where it needs to be, you can refinance that loan if you need to get a super low interest rate. Well, now you also lowered your DTI. So if you're trying to buy a home, whether it's an investment or whatever, your DTI is lower. So it's increasing your chances at getting a mortgage if that is still the move. But then at the same time, you move the money over, you're paying less interest. So now your payment is going all to one place instead of multiple cards. You're paying less interest, you owe less. But if you're disciplined, you take the same money you were paying every month and pretend like you got no discount and throw all of that money on the installment loan and try to attack the installment loan because then you're going to break down that debt so much faster. And it costs you less money to do it because it's less interest. Yeah. This is all really good stuff. And, and especially even if you're like a, if you're early on in life, early on in the business world, definitely take these uh, strategies into consideration. Um, but if you're also kind of well into it, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, utilizing all this stuff because it's, it's honestly, it's a lot of it's free money. Um, yep. One thing I did, <clears throat> one thing we did was we would get a credit card, uh, get the bonus, right? We get the bonus, pay it off, can maybe use it for gas every month, uh, use that bonus to go on vacations. So like, mm -hmm. as far as those points go, dude, we racked up so many points over the years between my wife and I, business cards, personal cards. Uh, we haven't paid for a flight, uh, hotel yep. stay. We don't pay for anything. It's all free. And I know it, it's, it's money I would have spent no matter what. Plus I paid off the car or, or paid the card off to, to some degree. I still use it here and there. But um, another thing is another, another benefit that I've seen in credit is, uh, is real estate purchases. Is this crazy? I got recently considerable amount of 0% interest credit cards. And I'm not I am not the expert in this, so so do your own research on all this. Um, I buy land, vacant land. I was able to take one of the cards and turn it into cash, buy the real estate transaction at 0% interest, keep all my personal cash. I had plenty of cash. So if, if this were to go south, I can cover the, the error. If, there's, if there were, were to be an error, um, I bought the property 0% interest. I own it now. And it's a 12 month, zero, zero, 12 month, 0% interest card. My transactions are, are done in three months tops, tops. I'll sell this thing, pay the card back and I'll have extra, I'll, I'll make that difference, um, you know, in, for the transaction that I would have made anyway, but I keep to keep my own cash. Right. And Not, on top of that, what's that? And on top of keeping your own cash. Yes. You technically paid less for the land when you convert the cash back points. That's okay. That was that was my next point. hundred and eleven thousand points for buying a property that I was going to buy anyway. hundred and eleven thousand points, and these are uh, uh, Chase Ultimate Rewards points. Mm -hmm. um, that's those are significant. Hundred eleven thousand. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that's a trip. 
I'm going somewhere with that that I wouldn't have paid otherwise. Plus I get the deal. Plus I get the return. I mean, it's just- And you're building credit on top of that. And I'm building credit on top of that. It's a no brainer. One thing I want to ask you about, because I know nothing about this at all. So we're kind of shifting gears a tiny bit. What about business credit? Yeah. It's actually a lot simpler than what most people try to make it to be. Yeah. Because it is confusing as heck to me. I mean, I, I, I have it, but I'm not really sure uh, you know, any, all the ins and outs about it. Personal credit's a lot more easily, you can get information a little bit better, I feel like, than business credit. Business credit credit's kind of confusing. So if you can explain yeah. that maybe a little bit. So step one is knowing where to look, which by the way, I'm going to give you a personal credit one and a business credit one. All right. So just real first to plug it in for personal credit, uh, to not make things super confusing, when the personal credit is is considered, we have 28 different credit scores, every single one of us. Wow. Okay. There is only one place that a consumer could go to get access to all 28 of those. If you go download myfico.com um, or just go to the MyFICO app, uh, they have two subscriptions. One's like 30 bucks a month, one's 40 bucks a month. The difference is how often they give you new scores, but that will give you every single credit score that exists for you on the FICO algorithm. Wow. Why that's important to know is because you have a different credit score for a mortgage. You have a different credit score for a car loan. You have a different credit score for a credit card, for a personal loan. So it gives you all the versions, but it makes it simple. If you want to know your mortgage score, click mortgage. If you want to know your auto FICO yeah. score, click auto. And it's all the correct versions. So you can go walk in somewhere and when you're trying to apply, Hey, do you happen to know by chance, um, what, what credit bureau do you guys pull? And if they're like, Oh, TransUnion. Okay. So you're buying a car, they pull TransUnion, hit your car. Right. And then you're going to look at the TransUnion credit score. And if that's the one you pulled that day, when the dealership pulls it, it's going to be the dead on fucking score. Wow. Right. So anyway, that's for personal credit. Mm -hmm. So, but it also exists on business too. So if you go to nav.com, N-A-V, again, or you can download the app, you would put in your EIN, you can register a DUNS number, you could get a free DUNS number. It's very, very easy. Um, and then you can see your business credit scores, just like looking at an app for your personal credit. Nav.com, that's free? They yep. can anyone can do that. Um, so here's the cool thing. They do have, I believe it's 40 bucks or it may be 150 a quarter or something like that. But here's what they do. They use that money and report it to your business credit for you to build business credit for paying for their subscription to get access to know what your business credit looks like. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's step one. Okay. Step one is you got to know where you are today in order to navigate the path on where you want to be and how to fill the gap, okay. right? So again, personal credit is MyFICO, the app or myfico.com. If you want personal, it is nav, N-A-V.com, or you can download the nav app. Um, and you can quick, even- This is all free stuff. Yeah. This is all stuff that Dylan's telling you for free. He's not like, he, when he said he, he helps people for free, he's not bullshitting you. This is nope. all like very expensive- information mm -hmm. that he's giving you for free. Uh, so I just yeah. want to make that very clear. There's, so there's a lot of these fake fucking coaches and gurus that try to sell you the same information I'm telling you right now um, at a very, very, very high ticket price. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen people, you know, five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand just for a two hour conversation with somebody for them to tell that person the same shit I'm saying right now. That's crazy. Yeah. So That's again, well, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> um, if it wasn't a, a Arte related podcast, I probably wouldn't have did it. But um, not that I also charge anybody anywhere, but sometimes, you know, you got to withhold some of the stuff, but here I'm just giving it all. So uh, those are the two places you want to go. Um, and you want to sign up for NAV because like I said, they're going to report what you pay to your business credit and it's going to establish business credit. Part two, you could go right to Google. So business credit is just like personal credit. You have to have some to generate a score, right? So you got to show up just, I always make a, I always make like physical fitness related going to the gym analogies with credit. So it's like, if you buy the gym membership, but you never show up, do you get the result? No. Right. And uh, it's the same thing with credit. If you say, okay, I got this thing and I got this thing. Like I know that I can look at my credit scores here, 
but I don't want to open up credit cards because Dave Ramsey told me no. Or like, I don't want to get a loan because Dave Ramsey said loans are bad and all of that stuff. Fun fact, he also says, yeah, loans are bad and mortgages are bad unless you do it through the mortgage company that I get a basis point payout from. That's convenient. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so what happens is you go to Google and you got to get more data reported on that business credit report. So you can open up a fuel card. It's really easy, depending on the gas station local to you, but you can Google it. You can go to like Shell, Sunoco, Valero, uh, whatever it is that you have. And you could just Google like uh, Valero uh, business gas card, Shell business gas card. You can fill out their application. You don't have to have a business that has a fleet of vehicles. Um, I'm a credit repair company. I don't have a fleet of vehicles, but I have like three or four. Actually, as a matter of fact, think uh, in one of these many credit cards are very important. I got a, uh, let me see. I think it's in here. Yeah, here it is. All right. So like, let me just uh, hold out the number here, but like, this is the Valero gas card, right? Yeah. So, um, and and it even says in here fleet, like I don't have a fleet, but it's the wow. fleet gas card, right? So as I do a lot of traveling for these uh, uh, classes that I do, I'm always using this. Now, the cool thing with business is most of your cards aren't going to really have a credit limit. Now, yes, that would mean like if I want to go swipe 10 grand for gas, for I can gas. go do that, right? Yeah. So. But here's the thing. So these accounts are called net. You may hear the term like net 15, net 30, net 60. What that means is you don't have a limit, but whatever you spend, that's how many days you have to pay it back. Right? So it may be like a net 30 account. So like these are typically like net 30 accounts. Go rack up whatever you want, but here's when the cycle starts. You have 30 days to spend as much as you want, but you got to fucking pay it. Okay. Pay it off completely. Yes. Okay. So, and there's not all of them are like that, but gas cards are typically like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, certain store cards. So you can open up a one from like Valero shelves, pick a gas station that you normally go to. You can open one up right online. Not a big deal. Um, then you can go and open up an Amazon business account and get an Amazon business credit card, same thing, online application. Mm. And then you can go to like Sam's club or Costco, whichever one you like to do. And that can be the last one you open up. So if you have the nav.com subscription and a gas card and Amazon business and Sam's club or Costco, you now have four reporting lines of credit. And again, the more positive data you report, you're going to generate a score. When you're in the gym and you start moving in different ways, if you're on the treadmill more and then you're lifting weights, when you start doing the actions, you get the result. So in credit, it's the same way. When you start doing the actions, which is borrowing the money from multiple different places, you are now forcing the algorithm to evaluate you and give you a new score based on what you're doing. Okay, now real quick. Anybody with a business can do this though, right? Let's say you're just a yeah. small time guy. You know, maybe you have a personal training studio out of your garage. You're like, you know what? Yep. I don't think I'm big enough. I don't think anyone's going to accept me. I'm just not, I'm not that guy who has the, you know, big high rise uh, office building. Can they do it too? Is, is this for everybody? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so, um, and think of it like this. So there's, when you have no credit, it's not worse than having bad credit. Cause I know some people say like, Oh, no credit is better than bad credit. And there's a lot of mixed things. Um, but with somebody who's small and starting out, the biggest thing that comes to credit in the business world is your cash flow, right? So think of yourself like being that 18 year old kid that walks into a dealership and wants to buy your first $40,000 car. What's the salesperson going to tell you kid, go get your parents right? We need a co-signer. We need somebody who has history that can take responsibility for this because you have no track record and we don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. So with business is the same thing. So you may have one or two of these accounts that you have to be a PG on, which is a personal guarantor, okay. right? So when your business is a baby and it's barely cash flowing, some of these accounts may require you to put your personal social. I would limit that to one if a max of two accounts. 
Okay. Just at least get something started. Mm -hmm. So then that way you can start establishing. Now, as you start to cash flow more consistently, you can get business funding, which by the way, this is not an ad, but I can help you get business funding. Um, if you need any business funding or merchant processing or anything like that, it winds up being more about cash flow than the business credit score. So for example, if you wanted to get funding for the business so you could get that high rise, like if you know for sure, if I had that building, that would give me the exposure to do this. Or maybe you have a company that, hey, if I could buy three more trucks, I can produce this much income. So I need this to do that. And I know I'm going to get the money. Well, depending on your current cash flow, you could get business funding based off that. So it starts with the credit score and you always want to have a good one. But even when you're new, you're not going to have much of a score. So you yeah. got to guarantee one or two of those. And then constant constant, constant deposits. The more often you can deposit, right? Depending on what your business is, the lower risk it is for a lender. So if two companies make $20,000 a month, but company number one has one $20,000 a month uh, deposit per month. And the other one, it's 150 transactions throughout the month of that same 20,000, yeah. that business will get the funding before the other one because the constant deposits means it's easier for the bank to get their money back because they see you have a constant cash flow. Wow. Right. So um, it winds up being more about cash flow, and you can get to the point where you can say, like, yeah, you can pull my business credit, but look, I do 350 deposits, you know, a month. And they're like, cool, here, here's 1.5 mil. There you go. That's mm -hmm. okay. Okay. So business credit is um and, and how important is I guess how important is business credit uh, for, for everybody in general? Like, like is, it, is it super important to have or can like that local guy be like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to get a bunch of personal credit cards. It's the same thing, right? It's, it's money. It's, it's, a, it's all the same thing. I would do the business because none of us can tell the future. Okay. None of us. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I can tell you, uh, I had a client who opened up a sole prop and he didn't want to form everything the way he should have. He bought a car dealership. Um, he had over $150,000 lines of credit um, and everything was in his name. Well, the business went bankrupt. And so he had at the time over $220,000 worth of business debt on his personal credit. Oh man. Because you have to separate the two. Like remember the yeah. part, the, the, the important part of, or the, the purpose of opening up the business was to separate everything, mm -hmm. to protect your personal from yeah. if you fuck up in business, yeah. right? So imagine fucking up in business and then now your personal credit tanks and now you're just in this whole bad situation just because you didn't want to separate the two. Okay. So this is kind of like, this is like um, a long-term play. Right. Mm -hmm. So in both personal and business credit, you want to get started now, even if it's small start today, because down the road, you may need like the car dealer guy. He could have mm -hmm. really used a $200,000 business line of credit. So it wouldn't have mm -hmm. really screwed him. But initially, when you think when you, you get started, you know, you're maybe you just have an idea, right? You watch the video like me. You watch the video. You're like, I want to do this. I think I can do this. Right. Uh, so you're saying get started down that the correct route first, because, mm -hmm. you know, today it's not going to, you're not going to get a million dollars today, right? but down the road, you're going to get that million dollars, but plus you're going to be protected mm -hmm. in, in case you have like a big loss or something. The economy goes bad. Like it, it may be going right. Worse. Right. A hundred percent. Because here's the problem. A lot of people are like, well, I only want to do this if I could get the result faster, right? That like microwave success. Totally. Right. So um, if you're already thinking that way, your business is going to fail before you even know it. Because if you're looking for immediate gratification and don't understand the benefits of delayed gratification, then your business isn't going to last long anyway. So I'm trying to teach these things to say the message of it's worth going the route that I'm telling you, because like you said, you are not going to get it today. You're not going to get it tomorrow. You're not going to get it next week. You probably ain't even going to get it this fucking year. Yeah. But I can tell you when you get it, you will be set up and you'll be set up properly. You'll be safe. 
You'll be protected. You'll be cash flowing. God forbid something happens. It doesn't hurt your personal credit. And you can always just start up another business and do the, the same thing again, because yeah. you've already took the steps and walked through it the proper way to know if you ever have a setback, you know how to get yourself going again. Yeah. Yeah. Learning the strategies for business are, are, are just as important as learning the specific business it's, itself because yep. they, they, they work for every business, right? Like credit works for yep. every single business, no matter what you do. So yeah, learn things the correct way. And if you need help, call Dylan. So Dylan, how can people get hold of you? Yeah. So the best way, uh, if you just go to our website, honestly, like I would love to say like, oh, call me or text me, but you probably wouldn't get a hold of me right away. It'd probably be like a one or two day thing. Um, so the best way, go to our website. It's jameswarrengroupinc.com. That may be something we drop in there or whatever, but it's jameswarrengroupinc.com. And I want to send you to one other place too. So another thing I didn't mention is when it comes to people's credit, I just want to solve the problem for somebody and sometimes credit repair by a company is not the solution that somebody needs. So I also own a sister company called Dispute Eagle. So you can go to disputeeagle.com. That is a complete DIY where all you're paying for is the credit reports and nothing else. We give you the platform that scans the credit report. It tells you what's negative. You just got to click and say, okay, I want to dispute these. It generates the letter. It puts the bureau's information on there. All you got to do is hit print and you can mail it out yourself. So wow, again, man. I'm in the business of helping people. So I would never force somebody to say the only option is for us to do it. You can absolutely do it yourself. And I'll even show you how, if you want to. That's awesome, man. All right, guys, Dylan, I think honestly, I do. I have a thousand more things in my mind that I want to talk about. So we got to do this again because yeah, there's I mean, so many other things I want to talk about. I mean, kids yeah. credit. I mean, there's just... Yep. Credit has been like such an important part of my life. I feel like as mm -hmm. a young man, it was terrible, right? Everything mm -hmm. was really bad. Everything was, uh, it was, it was the worst thing ever. Credit cards are terrible. You know, then you start to like grow, maybe add a business and you start learning new things. Um, so for you to be able to teach somebody maybe young so that they mm -hmm. never get to this point. Right. Uh, I think that's a huge benefit. And I, and I love the way that you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to help everybody. I don't care if you know, you're going to, I'm going to make money. I don't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, you know, I'm willing to offer that help for, for free. That's really cool of you. Um, mm -hmm. All right, Dylan, it's been awesome. Here's the big question I ask at the end of every podcast, though. It's the big one. Okay, now this is, this is it's pretty high level. I know you're a smart guy, but I don't know if you're ready for this. Um, we're land life. I don't, I don't have a land life hat. I have the RTA hat. But uh, if you could buy land anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? So I would buy it in the surrounding areas of San Antonio uh, just because, again, being involved with so many people in real estate, I have such an insider scoop of things that happen. I'm a part of so many projects and things that happen. Yeah. And uh, there's about 125,000 people, I think it's per week, um, that are trying to move to San Antonio. Wow. And the builders can't build fast enough. Um, so like the market is still hot here. Um, so I would buy land here because I know sooner rather than later, there's going to be some developer that's going to want to buy my acreage. And then I would just cash the hell out. Oh, so yeah. that's, that's what I would do. That's awesome. Genius. I love it. That's what we're trying to do right now too. So that's a good idea. Nice. That, that's nice. a really good idea. But right on Dylan, I appreciate it. And uh, guys, till next time, I'll see you on Land Life.